Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Best friends forever. Fantasy best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman, Frankie Stample, now joined at this time as we are each and every day for hour number two by the closer, Chris Ventro. What's up, Chris? What's up? What's up? It's your boy back. Hour two, let's get it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. Hour two, fantasy best friends forever. A lot to get to uh, from last night uh, and yesterday in baseball. And I actually want to start with yesterday rather than last night because we all sat around at uh, this exact time yesterday, 24 hours ago, uh, watching every move of Chris Archer. And Archer wound up going five innings, allowing just two hits, three walks, eight strikeouts. He threw 100 pitches uh, in those five innings of work. And Archer, Frank, I know this isn't a great comparison, but it kind of seemed like a little, a little Domingo Hermanish, where he had great stuff yesterday. Didn't always know where the ball was going. Only about two hits, but those three walks were kind of killer. I know he was squeezed at home plate a little he bit. Was, he was squeezed. Yeah. But I thought he had just fantastic stuff all day yesterday. Yeah, he did. Uh, I tweeted this out yesterday, drink regarding Chris Archer. Uh, interesting stuff from his arsenal. Uh, obviously, the five shutout innings, eight strikeouts, had 17 swinging strikes, Greg. 15 of those coming on his slider. What I thought was interesting is he threw his changeup 18 times yesterday out of 99 pitches, so it's you know, right around 18% usage. And last year, he only threw that pitch 9.9% of the time. You remember when we had Nick Pollock on, pitcher list, uh, does absolutely phenomenal stuff. Make sure you check him out on Twitter. Uh, check out the podcast he does as well. He does a great job. Uh, we spoke about Archer before the season, and I said to him, the key for, for Archer for me is how much does he use that changeup? And... Is it a pitch that he can rely on? Uh, well, he used it a ton yesterday, and it seemed like it helped him. It didn't generate a ton of swinging strikes or anything. Um, actually, it generated zero swinging strikes, uh, but uh, he did use it more. Uh, it seemed like it kept hitters off balance a little bit. Uh, I will note this, Greg. The fastball velocity was 92.4 miles per hour, which is almost two miles per hour down from where it has been in years past. So let's hope that this is... Okay, first start, and it slowly ramps up. I know he got a later start in spring than everyone else, uh, but something to pay attention to here, the fastball velocity. Absolutely, but he was effective yesterday. Yes, he was. uh, Despite the loss in velocity. He does not wind up getting the win. The bullpen blows it. Um, Mm. A couple of times the bullpen blew this. Um, Bad error by Eric Gonzalez in the ninth, hurting hurting, uh, Felipe Vasquez. Uh, The Cardinals pick up the win. Adam Wainwright was not good at all. He could not find the plate, and he was just a mess all day. Uh, Jordan Hicks comes on two innings late, picks up a victory, so a cheap win uh, for the Cardinals and Jordan Hicks. We mentioned Colton Wong earlier in the day. He had another home run yesterday, which is awesome to see. Staying hot. Uh, Yadier Molina actually played a little third base yesterday uh, as Matt Carpenter got ejected in this one, so that was funny. Um, for the Pirates, you just look at this lineup. There's just not much here, Ventra. There's just not much here. Oh, don't say that to Ventra. Including oh, your Josh boy, Bell. Josh Bell, who was uh, 0 for 2. 0 for 2. He did have two RBI, uh, but, but 0 for 2. That, you know, you're getting two RBIs where you're batting in that lineup. There's guys on base. Right. you got to at least drive them in. You know what I mean? Somehow. Grounder. 
Guys one in, was a sack fly. Guys in front of him not really getting on base all that much, and Adam Frazier, Stone Marte, uh, and Corey Dickerson. Yeah. The OBP's been all right for Frazier and Marte. They don't really have a leadoff hitter. That's the, that's a problem. I like, they don't have a I like Adam Frazier. I stand by that. You guys I like Frazier. He got on base three times, right, out of six? Mm-hmm. Terrible. No. I, I think, but though, for the whole season, I mean, let's be like, Frazier has never really done anything throughout his whole career. He's not really a guy that is a table setter type guy. He's more of a back of the lineup guy. I don't think, I don't think he's going to be the answer to be the table setter for this team. And they kind of need one. Uh, I mean, Kyle Moran looked good yesterday. He had a double, he had a homer. Um, so, you know, in the back, you have some guys that are, you know, they're going to be hit or miss from day to day, but. There's potential in the lineup, and I think it's a problem that they don't have like this Kickstarter leadoff guy. Frazier, I don't think is the guy. I know you guys like him, but I don't think he's that guy. They had one. They traded him for Chris Archer. Yeah, Austin Meadows. Frank. Yeah, would, would that you, was not a good idea. Would you rather own Trey Mancini or Adam Frazier? Definitely Trey Mancini. Okay. Just looking for replacements for Murphy and, and yeah. looking for replacements. Look, Adam for Frazier, maybe he'll hit 260, 270 and homers this year. I just think you know. It's what Trey Mancini can do. And look, Frazier, and we say that we want him for steals. He doesn't really steal bases either. So maybe he's yeah. a 10-10 guy, but Trey Mancini can hit you know, 260, 270, with hopefully 25 bombs. And hitting in the middle of the Orioles lineup, maybe he gives you 80 RBIs. So, and again, well, look, we're not holding these guys for the entirety of the season, but even right now, Trey Mancini looks much better. Yeah. Trey Mancini's hot. Boom, uh, boom. He's got the power, potential, so you like that. What's Frazier's real potential, like you said? Oh, 10 and 10? Is Italian. Well, yeah. Also that. You know, that, that helps. <laughs> boom, uh, boom. <laughs> boom, uh, boom, Mancini, uh, indeed. The other early game yesterday was between Cleveland and the White Sox. Both, both Mike Clevenger and Ivan Nova pitched gems in this one. Uh, Clevenger, who you drafted potentially as your SP2. Seven innings, one hit, walk three, struck out 12. He was just in control all day mm-hmm. long. Uh, did not pick up the win, though, uh, as Oliver Perez sucked. Then on the other side, Ivan Nova was also wonderful yesterday for the White Sox. He went seven innings, one run, six hits, uh, four strikeouts. We know how good Clevenger is, uh, Ventura. Yeah. But is there, should there be any interest in Ivan Nova? Not really. Okay. Not really. Uh, deep leagues, I guess, if you, uh, or if you're in a weekly league and you're looking for a two-star pitcher against two uh, middle-of-the-road to below-average uh, lineups, then yes. Uh, but otherwise, he's not a guy you really want to roster. You, we know Nova. We know what Nova is. You know, he's pitched good before on the Pirates. Then again, the Pirates bring the best out of their pitchers. I don't think, you know, this is going to be a thing for, for Nova. You know, the very next start, I could see him, you know, giving him four or five runs. Yeah. yeah and, and once the weather heats up in Chicago, too, the ball's going to fly out there. So don't really love Ivan Nova. I agree with Ventra on that one. Uh, but this is just a reminder that you can uh, stream your starting pitchers against the Cleveland Indians lineup. This is not a At good the moment, lineup. Yeah. I don't want to overreact after just four games, but... They could potentially have a lot of trouble in this division this year, specifically against the Minnesota Twins and holding them off from the top of the division because this lineup is just very bad. I mean, they need Lindor back in the worst way. Yeah. We don't know when we're going to get him back. Maybe the end of April. Maybe I, I believe Dr. A or Virginia said last week uh, they'd expect him back early May. So, look, they need Lindor back in a big way, but Clevenger, Greg, oh, my gosh, only allows one hit, 12 strikeouts yesterday for Mike Clevenger, 20 Swinging strikes, which which would have led all of starting pitchers yesterday, but we'll get to a, another Marlins starting pitcher later on in the show. But has twelve swinging strikes on his fastball, was averaged right around ninety five miles per hour. Seven swinging strikes on his slider. Uh, Clevenger, you know, big leg kick. Uh, he's very demonstrative on the mound. He's he's an emotional dude. I uh, love watching him pitch, and you know, hopefully this carries over to Shane Bieber as well, Greg. Oh, hopefully he, it does. You know, I got my Bieber share. 
Love yeah. love the beeves, obviously. Uh, Jose Ramirez was two for four yesterday. He's banging 200. It's good to see that, that multi-hit performance. Yeah, yeah. He looks so fat. <laughs> he looks like a bull. Greg, he does. I mean, a little bull. To be, fair, <laughs> to be fair, I'm not, I'm not uh, I don't have a Herculean uh, body Physique? figure by any means. Uh, I, would say, I don't I'm think not, any of us Not all of us you, can. But are we in any position <laughs> to be body shaming Jose Ramirez? Guys? Yes. That's what we do as analysts. <laughs> okay. right, but you sure. think it's like, I mean, he's been, he's <laughs> been like this. I think he's so a little like bit more butterball. He's always been like a little pudgy dude. Yeah, always. But I'll just, I'll just say this. I was, I was here yesterday. I was working in the studio, and I just looked up, and the game was on outside right there on that TV. I'm like, mm. holy crap. Is that Carlos Santana at second base? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was Jose Ramirez. It's a shorter version. I could not believe it. I could not believe it yesterday, for real. Great athlete, though, somehow. You know, Speaking of Santana, 462 average to start the year. Carlos Santana, off to a nice start. Yeah, Carlos Santana, off to a great start. Yeah. You mentioned it. I believe he had four hits on Sunday. Yeah, yeah four, a, four, four, had yeah, a that, really, yeah. really nice game. Obviously, you draft him more for his, uh, for his OBP and points leagues, but, hey, man, they're relying on him. He's, he's yeah. hitting in the middle of this you, lineup. They, they need him to come through. Yeah, and he's solid. You, you know what you're getting from him. Uh, a guy I think that we never talked about that's missing from this lineup, that's hurt, that probably won't be back for a long time, is Bradley Zimmer. As a guy I was really interested in. Uh, outfielder, which they need desperately. Center fielder, really. And, you know, he's got that power-speed combo you covet. Strikes out a lot. He does strike out a ton. Oh, That's what these anomaly players do for you. You know, uh, you know they, they could go 20-20. They're going to K a lot. But it's still somebody that could have an effect in this lineup. If he was around, this lineup is very different with Lindor and him in there. You know? Yeah, that would be interesting. You know, if you get Zimmer, you get Lindor, and then you have those guys to go with Bowers. And, you know, maybe the, it becomes the lineup rounds out a little bit come yeah. May, come June. Uh, add Zimmer to the list. I want to ask inside injuries about them on Thursday. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, we don't have a list yet, but that's fine. Well, you know, <laughs> rhetorical list. A list a, in your mind, Greg. Listen, there's a lot of players that are injured right now that we need to ask inside injuries about, like Stanton and Murphy, Murphy. and Duar. Maybe we get. To I don't know that Zimmer will make the list. This yeah, no, but I think it's a good point. He was a former top prospect yeah, yeah. for them. They were expecting a lot from him. Mm-hmm. They could use him, and he's better than what they really have right now in the outfield. Yeah, I think he's a little bit better than Tyler Naquin. No. Yeah. I like Tyler Naquin. <laughs> Why do you like him? I don't know. You like Scrubs. You also like Lonnie Chiz. You call Chisholm. Jose Ramirez fat. <laughs> I love the Chiz. Love the you Chiz. You like crappy Indians outfielders and former crappy Indians yeah. outfielders. Yeah. Pretty much covers it. <laughs> but you don't like Jake Bowers. I like Jake Bowers. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, I like Jake Bowers. I'm not a big Jake Bowers. I like Yandy Diaz, too. Okay. I'm just saying. Yeah. I do like Yandy. I'm, I'm getting on Yandy. You're on right. Yandy? I've, I've been watching him. Let's talk about Yandy and the Tampa Bay Rays, who defeated the Rockies yesterday 7-1, to starting for the Rockies with the opener, Ryan Stanek. But it was Ryan, it was Ryan Yarbrough, though, that played the, or pitched the majority of this game. Four and a third, three hits, one run, struck out of three. We saw this most uh, a lot last year of Stanek and Yarbrough. Uh, the opener does the job. Chad Bettis uh, gets rocked for the Rockies. And for Tampa Bay, Getting the job done, a lot of Kevin Kiermeyer yesterday and Brendan Lau as well, Frank. Yeah, Kevin Kiermeyer. look, we've been waiting for this out of him for a while now. He's off to a hot start. It's just, how long is he going to stay healthy? He's now 28 years old. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago in 2017, he hits 15 home runs with 16 stolen bases. The year before that, he steals 21 bases. So the guy's got a little bit of pop. He's got some wheels. Uh, he bats towards the bottom of the lineup, but he's been hot to start the year for the Tampa Bay Rays, so... Uh, let's see what he could do. Uh, I think in Roto Leagues, if you have him as your fifth outfielder, uh, you could do worse than that. I don't mind him as your fifth outfielder. And then Brandon Lowe, I thought he was worth mentioning because obviously they signed him to an extension before the season starts. But with the injury to Joey Wendell, Greg, I think it really solidifies the fact that Brandon Lowe 
or Lowe? Yeah, it's Lau. Lau or Lowe? It's Lowe. Brandon Lowe is going to be playing most of the time for the Tampa Bay Rays. It seems that way. And he has a little bit of pops. So I, I, I wrote him down in the rundown here as, as a possible Daniel Murphy replacement. Based on the guys that we mentioned, Greg, where does he rank for you? Brandon Lau uh, up there with Colton Wong and DJ LeMayhew. I prefer. I prefer. He might have a little bit more upside than DJ LeMayhew. To be maybe, maybe. I don't know, man. Like, I think you underrate DJ LeMayhew a little bit. Like, really, now that he's going to really play every day, anything, though. That's what we're saying. Yeah. The thing is, DJ doesn't really do anything. He's a great contact hitter. Great contact hitter. What is it, 280 with 12 to 15 home runs? Why does it have to be 280? Why can't it be 300? It could be 300. Well, you remove someone from Coors Field, and it's proven that their BABIP is going to is going to regress. Sure, Yankee Stadium, obviously a good place. It's to a good hit, place though. to hit, but it's not it's not as good as Coors Field. No, no. Obviously. I don't think his splits were that bad though, Lemayhew, in terms of average. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. I'll tell you what they are right now. Hang on, I have it. I have it up. DJ Lemayhew last year. Well, he only batted 276 last year. Um, oh, Frank, you're right. What else is? Did you say? Well, I'm talking about like. His whole career in college. I'll, I'll give you the splits for his career. For his career at home, he was a 331 hitter with an 837 OPS. Wow. On the road, he was a 264 hitter with a 673 OPS. Mm-hmm. I like LeMayhew, but I want to be realistic here. 264 is lower than I thought. Like Same. He, he might hit 280 for the Yankees, 12 to 15 homers if he plays every single day. But I just don't think there's big upside. I don't also. I don't think there's big upside in Brendan Lau either, though. I'm a little bit more excited about. He is in Lau the heart of the lineup. He doesn't. He doesn't walk at all. He, he's been good in the minors for them, and they just signed him to an extension. Yeah, they like him for a reason. So you know he's going to play every day. I prefer. I prefer Beckham. I prefer everybody. Last year, Brendan Lau, Lau uh, between Double A and Triple A, 22 yeah, home yeah. runs, eight steals, 297 batting average, with a 949 OPS. He's very good in the minors last year. Lots yeah. alike. I'll take Lau over Lemayhu. But I'll, I'll take Colton Wong over both. And what about Beckham? Well, Beckham's third base shortstop. Are we talking about yeah. second basemen right We're now? We're talking about infielders. Okay. I like Beckham more than both of them. He's just been raking right I now. I would take Colton Wong still over all of them. Same. But I would take um, Beckham next. I, I like Lau. I would take Lau over Beckham. I like him. Okay. All right. Um, Austin has got on base. Tommy Wait, Did Fan- we drop Andujar? We didn't talk about that, by the way. Because I've had a few people asking me, do you drop Andujar? Because this I don't think you can do that it person has, I said, oh, well, can you stash him on the I.L.? He says, I have Stanton and I have Severino on my IL already. Probably a Yankees fan because he has Stanton, Severino, and Andrew. Clearly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. What, what do you do? I don't think you could drop him yet. We don't know. I mean, I he could, stash him IL. He, he can't. He just told you he has Severino and Stanton on What the if IL? you miss out on picking, oh. out, p- picking up some of these guys who are hot now? And I don't think you could just make this rash decision one day. You can't do that. I, I tend to agree with you. It's just hard to stash all these hurt guys, man. Oh, believe me, like, I what know. If, I just, what if you're an owner that has. Just, that has Stanton, Andujar, and Murphy. What do you do? We don't have a set timetable on what, what Andujar's situation is. What right? is the timetable on If it comes out that he needs surgery, then he's done for the season. Correct. We just don't know that yet. Then you right, drop right, him. Right. Then, then you drop him. But I would wait for that. You got to wait until you have an idea of the well, Best case scenario, I mean, what's the earliest he can return? A month? I would say even. That's like the six best, to eight best weeks, case. probably. I'll tell you June 1st would be my guess. Best case scenario. It's hard to hold on to a guy. It is. It's and not, though, because he's really good. He is really good, but you can't just you drop have an him. IL spot, but a lot of people's IL spots are already occupied, Greg. I totally understand that, but you can't drop one of your better players because he's in the league for a month. Him. I'm not dropping him. Are you going to drop Giancarlo Stanton? No, obviously. Exactly. But you invested a lot more in Stanton than you did in Andujar. Are you going to drop Luis Severino? No. no. I, he's a pitcher okay. and he has more upside than Andujar. But it's the same thing. You, you invested in a similar spot. Andahar has a lot of upside too. I'm and just saying, if you have all the, are you going to drop Daniel? Are you going to drop Daniel Murphy? You drop Daniel Murphy? Absolutely not. Same thing. 
I'm just saying, if you have all these guys, right. if you have three of them, it's hard to hold all of them. It's very hard, but you can't make But I'd rather hold Murphy right and Stanton and Severino than Andujar. That's just what I'm Why? Saying. We have no idea. I'd rather... I don't know that Murphy has more upside than Andujar. Yeah, I'd rather hold Andujar, Andujar maybe than Murphy. Of course, Field, he has the upside to hit 330. If he, we don't know who's going to be healthy. Yeah. We have no idea the prognosis of any of these guys. Say the same thing about Andujar. Absolutely. That's why I can't, I'm not dropping any of them. i got to wait. It sucks that you I have to wait. I would try to hold them, but I'm just saying, if you have all three, it's hard. It's hard. It's very hard, but you don't have a choice right now. The thing is, if Andujar was like a tier three player, then yeah, drop him. But he's a tier two player, borderline elite. He's, you know, coming up to elite. He's young. He's been getting better. Now look, we might have news to later him. on in the day that he needs surgery, and then obviously then you drop. drop him, if you yes. get the news that he needs surgery, then Correct. you drop him. And unfortunately, with, now, with the shoulder, with, with this kind of injury, I don't know that he'll be the same. Like I don't know that. I, I like to think already starting to get lineups. Today? I like to think Murphy will be better. The finger injury will get over. I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we only have one line. Oh, I do, do want to say this: the City Royals lineup mm-hmm. is out. Great. I did. Uh, I did want to say this: other guys, middle infield, Kettle Mate starting to heat up. Jeff well, McNeil. Uh, stole another base last night. I think he yeah. has two steals already. Yeah, he, he's, he's starting to heat up a little bit, and uh, he plays every day, so it's very good for weekly lineups. And then you got um, uh, Jeff McNeil, who a lot, a lot of people like. And listen, he's out there on waivers. I can see him. We'll talk about Jeff McNeil and the New York Mets when we come back. They faced off against Caleb Smith. I got Frank Stample was watching closely last night. What did he think? Well, he'll let you know on the other side. It's a fantasy best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. You use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631-800-961-3631. Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, you look at that, you look You look at the, the Cubs too, like very, very worried about their rotation, George, aren't you? Like, I, I don't trust, I don't trust Darvish as far as I could throw him. Uh, the strikeouts though, that's the one thing he's going to be viable because he's still a guy that can get strikeouts. He uh, has a propensity to get lit up. He, he, he's at the tail end. Uh, I really, really worry about Darvish a lot. I think he's just a guy that's really lost it. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network.
While your attention is focused on the start of the MLB season and college basketball's Final Four, NFL teams are focusing on the upcoming 2019 NFL Draft. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings anywhere available on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting best ball and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, available right now only at rotoexperts.com. Are you up, Greggy? <clears throat> Got it. It's from the eighties, probably late eighties. Yeah. Um, venture. So. so you know, I think on Friday, mm-hmm. you may need to be on our. Oh boy, I, I don't. I don't know if Friday's gonna happen, buddy. Friday's a big show. What's up? Big show. What do we got? Right. Yeah, yeah. Friday. That's a big show. So we got Florio in hour one. Mm-hmm. Announcement. And hour two. Scheduling alert. It is the BFF third annual WrestleMania preview. Wow. Yeah, you, you're really welcome to be a part of it. Just if you, you know. want to study up before then, we could just bring Venture up in hour one. Join us with Florian. It's, it's up to you. When well, you, who are you have in hour two? Are you bringing it? Nah, no, it's just, it's just us, but we're going to be talking wrestling. wrestling. So. Yeah. You want to talk wrestling, you're more than welcome to join us. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look into things. But we're not, ta- yeah, we're not talking know. wrestling. Wrestling. We're not talking wrestling. wrestling. We're just letting everyone. We're not going to do some wrestling. If you tune into hour two and you're like, "What the hell's going on?" I want to hear about uh, Justin Upton's injury. Uh, we're going to be talking about that the man. one. Becky Becky the man, Becky Lynch, WrestleMania, Kofi Mania. So we'll be talking about on Friday. Friday, hour two. Who's hour fighting one, we'll for still be baseball with Florio? Who's uh, competing for the belt? Uh, well, the main event. The main event is yeah. a winner take all uh, with Ronda Rousey defending her championship. First ever female main oh, event of WrestleMania. Because females are coming up because all these shows, Divas right. and well, Bellas Twins. They don't call it Divas Ronda anymore, and the Bellas retired, so they're irrelevant. Well, I'm saying, but those shows have helped. That, so Ronda Rousey kind of helped. Ronda Rousey made everything. So okay. Ronda Rousey will defend her championship against Charlotte Flair, who will defend her championship against the man, Becky Lynch, who won the Royal Rumble. The man, Becky Lynch. Man. So it's a, tr- it's a three-way. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's main the main event. event. The other main event is uh, Daniel Bryan defending a championship against Kofi Kingston. Kofi got a event? shot? Kofi got a shot. Is that really a main event? He's one never gotten events, a shot yeah. before. Like three main events? Yeah. yeah I'm happy for really. Kofi. Well, that's what the whole storyline is. 11 years, he's never gotten a shot. Right, now yeah. he gets a shot. Good for him. I Maybe like Kofi. bring CM Punk back and give him a shot. Too. Probably won't. Look, look, look. This is wrestling. This. What are we doing? <laughs> what is that? What I don't know what that's from. Uh, all right, no we're treating wrestling seriously on this program. <laughs> so, all right. How dare you defile wrestling down there? And then the uh, other main event is Brock Lesnar defending his championship uh, against Seth Rollins. So I like Seth. Yeah, that's Seth good. Rollins. Roman Reigns is back. Rollins. I Roman Reigns is facing uh, Drew McIntyre in a, what will be a squash match. Drew? Who's that? Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre? Oh, wait, uh-huh. Drew McIntyre? I feel like he was a nobody for so long. He's awesome. All of a sudden, he's good now? Yeah, he's awesome. He got bigger, I feel he's jacked. Like. He got huge. They probably yeah. should have done Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose tag team match. Something. Well, they don't want to put Ambrose on the card because he's leaving. Leaving or no. really leaving? No, leaving. Eh, he's probably not. He said goodbye to Raw, the Raw audience after the show was over last night. AEW? Really? I don't know. Bound? We'll find out. Interesting. All right, uh, before we move on to the Marlins, Frank, you had a point about Tampa Bay you wanted to bring up. Yeah, I did want to mention their bullpen usage last night. It was in a uh, 7-1 to game. Jose Alvarado pitched the eighth inning, uh, and that was because of matchups with 
Charlie Blackman and Dave Vidal set to lead off that inning. Jose Alvarado pitches the eighth. Diego Castillo pitches the ninth. It was not a save opportunity. Exactly, yeah. But this raises the question, if it were a save opportunity, if it were a 4-1 to game rather than a 7-1 game, would they have done anything differently? No. Would, they, would, they probably still would have used Alvarado in the eighth, oh, Diego oh. Castillo in the ninth. Do you think uh, Based uh, on uh, matchups. Okay, maybe based on matchups, but Alvarado has done nothing to lose his opportunity yes. as the closer. You're absolutely right. But the Tampa Bay Rays well. are all anal- analytically driven, oh, yeah. uh, you know, matchups To based. the max, yeah. So, Jose Alvarado, this could be more of what's to come. You know, even if it's a save opportunity, if there's, you know, three lefties due up in the eighth inning, maybe they bring him in and then use Diego Castillo and, in the ninth. And it's interesting because Alvarado is good and doing well, and this is still happening. This just goes to show another reason why we need to move to saves plus holds as a thing, and it needs to be the standard. Yeah. And in the saves plus holds league, Jose Alvarado is probably one of your best, best relievers. Yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of what you're seeing in Tampa is a lot of what you saw last year, where Jose Alvarado split duties with Sergio Romo. Now, Romo got the majority of those saves. I think that's why uh, Diego Castillo got so much, uh, so much fab bid on him in your main event. But to me, Alvarado's probably the A to the Castillo B. I think these guys, it's going to probably depend lefty-righty, potentially, which is where, where Castillo could get more saves. But Alvarado's a better pitcher. So I think you'll Diego see... Diego Castillo's no slouch, though. He's very nope. good, Greg. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. No, he's not. I think Alvarado's a better guy. I think these two guys both will get saves. Again, if you're desperate, all good. I, I like this situation more than I like, like the Royals and Mariners like that much. Yeah. Plus, yeah. these pitchers are just better. They're yeah. better than the Royals guys, and, and the Rays are a better team. So in 15-team leagues, whether it's saves or holds, I think Diego Castillo should be owned. If you play in a saves plus holds league, then the, like for sure. our, our, uh, our pit league, our, our, our staff league here, mm-hmm. then Diego Castillo should still be owned there. too. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. The Mets and the Marlins last night. Mets won this one 7-3. Steve Matz pitched 5 and a third, allowed three runs. Only one of them were earned. Six hits, a strikeout, three. Caleb Smith, five innings, four hits, two runs, eight strikeouts. What do you tell us about this one? Love Marlin. Yeah, no one cares about uh, Steve Matz, Greg. I'm happy you mentioned Matt. him. What do you mean? We care about Steve Matz. No, we don't, no, we I don't like Steve Matz. We, we care, care more Matt. about Caleb Smith, Greg. I don't know if that's true. But <laughs> Marlins mania. It's Marlins mania, Greg. It's not WrestleMania week. It's Marlins mania week based on everything these guys are doing. And last night was just more of the same. Uh, for Caleb Smith and the Marlins starting pitchers. Led all starting pitchers on yesterday's slate with 21 swinging strikes. Why is this so significant? Well, he had at least five swinging strikes on three different pitches. He had nine swinging strikes on his fastball, six on his slider, and five on his changeup. So if he has three-plus pitches that he can rely on, and, you know, he didn't he didn't necessarily... Did he walk any... I don't, I don't think he had any walks yesterday either. He had one walk. one walk. He had one walk. So eight strikeouts. No, he didn't, have a, you know, didn't have a walk. Steve Matz. Steve he, Matz. Also, he also only had three strikeouts, so no one no. cares about him, Greg. No, so, I do. I, we care about him. I have him everywhere. Not very nice to say to me. Eight strikeouts and one walk for Caleb Smith, and, and dating back to what he did. He had uh, more earned runs than Steven Matz. Yep. And he was also facing a tougher lineup than Steven Matz. That, that's true. I can't deny that. Yeah. But, um, eight strikeouts and one walk. It's, just, it's awesome to see, and I think... Look, Caleb Smith is right up there uh, with the rest you of the guys, the game? right? Did you watch this game? I didn't watch this game. Okay. Because I was going to say, what did you see? Because I didn't watch Caleb Smith. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the game. Okay. I, I was watching the Yankee game. Same. Yeah. Uh, and, then I, I, and then I watched the That's the games. problem. I'm watching the Yankee game. I can't go back and forth to the ML, uh, MLB TV and watch all five, yeah, six I, games. Yeah. I just end up sticking to the Yankee game. I was game watching MLB Network at the end of the night, and they were kind of jumping around the West Coast games. So I got, I got mm-hmm. to see a little bit of Urias, some, some Pomeranz there at the end of the night, and I was mm-hmm. watching the Yankees. And then I took a little break to eat. By the way, Drew Steckenrider sucks. He does. He's <laughs> bad. I think Sergio Romo is probably just a closer there. I agree. You don't want to touch any of these guys, though. 
I wouldn't want any. But if Sergio Romo can give you cheap twenty saves, I mean, you got to be owned. It's true. He's just risky. Like any given night in your lineup, he could just <laughs> not do anything. Any given night in your lineup, Drew Stecker, I give up four earned. Oh, runs. I wouldn't want him either. Pete Alonso <laughs> had his first homer of the season. He will be on the bench tonight, though. But Alonso batting four twelve in his first taste of the majors. That was my rookie of the year choice, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, Beaston. off to a hot start, over 400, hits the long three-run homer yesterday. It was 450 feet. It was an absolute bomb wow. off of Drew Steckenrider. Uh, Greg, for, for Caleb Smith, where does he rank amongst the uh, Marlins starting pitchers? Which is seems like we're going to be doing this every time one of these guys pitches. Probably so. My first, all, I mean, look, Jose my first, Urania, I don't really care much about, but then three, the other four guys, I mean, they're all really intriguing. My first instinct was third. My first instinct was third. It's so hard to differentiate. There's a lot of them. Pablo right Lopez is the highest. I agree. Pablo Lopez. I put Lopez one. I put Alcantara two. I put Smith three. Alcantara and Trevor Richards are kind of on the same level. I forgot about Trevor Richards. Jesus. It's hard. This could be a decent. And I like Alcantara a lot. What he did on Sunday was awesome, but kind of strikes me as fool's gold a little bit. Struggled a lot. With Any the of man. these guys he, could he, do that. He only he, he didn't walk anybody on Sunday, so that's what I really. That was my biggest takeaway for Alcantara. But it strikes me a little bit as fool's gold because he normally has a lot of issues with command and, and walks. I'd wait and I, see. I, I like all of them. I do too. And, and fifteen teamers, all all of them have to be owned. Venture uh, before the break, you talked about. Jeff McNeil, how you like him? He's also a hot start this year, playing left field a lot for the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you like about Jeff McNeil? I just think, listen, eventually he's going to be uh, in the heart of this order. I think he, he'll, he'll earn it. Uh, he's going to hit for contact, hit for average. He could be a consistent threat. Right now he's kind of, he's getting benched here and there uh, against lefties, right? So I think, you know, as you see, if he continues to get hot, I think he could be someone that could eventually play almost every day. Martino, you're a Mets fan. Martino, our video producer. Are you in on Jeff McNeil? Oh, Yeah. Um, I definitely think he's kind of reminded me of uh, Daniel Murphy when he initially came up. Not a real top prospect. Kind no of position? No, yeah, he's positionless. I mean, you can't really predict Mickey Calloway with uh, who he plays versus lefties or not. It's kind of been a Mets thing, even with Terry Collins. But, I mean, he, got, he already had a four-hit game. I was mm-hmm. a little skeptical just because he, he only came up halfway through the year last year. Sure. Um, but I think he's really shown that he's capable of uh, being an everyday player. It just depends where he's going to play, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's only second base eligible in some leagues, even though he's been playing in left field. So it's been so it's really tough to kind of find him a position. But I mean, I, I would go in on him if you're uh, if you're looking for a guy to replace a Murphy. Infield. Yeah. Murphy, well, Stanton, Murphy too. Yeah. yeah, depending on your leagues. Sure. I like the young I like the young Daniel Murphy comp too. I made that, that one yesterday. Uh, makes a lot of contact, hits a lot of doubles, and. I'm talking about Mets Daniel Murphy. Right, guy yeah. Hit like 15 homers with a lot of doubles. So yep. a good batting. High average, yep. I, I would expect something like that from McNeil. Um, and, and he'll get outfield eligibility soon enough. Yeah, second base and outfield. So mm-hmm. as much as, as Florio was, you know, very pumped up and hyped about Drew Pomeranz, fantasy Twitter almost had a meltdown last night, Frank. Why is that? Because Matt Strom didn't pitch well. Oh, he got <laughs> shelled. I watched that. Fantasy Twitter had a meltdown last night <laughs> over this. Matt Strom goes two and two-thirds, allows eight hits, five runs, walks three, strikes out two. Merrill Kelly gives you a quality start of six innings, three-run ball, walk two, struck out three. You said you watched his venture. What would you take away? He, uh, he, he pounds his own too much. He, he, and, you know, he doesn't throw hard enough to be – and he doesn't have the stuff to be able to pound the zone that much. He has to be a little bit more particular with his spots. Uh, and, you know, listen, I, I understand he wants to go after him his first start. 
uh, wants to go after these hitters, but right away they jumped on him. First pitch, Adam Jones, boom, home run, like basically, right at the beginning of the game. And that's where it took off from there. I, I think uh, he's got to work on some things, basically work on hitting spots more because he's going right down the middle. He's making it very clear what he's going to throw. He's becoming a little predictable, basically, in that start. He was very predictable. He's throwing things right down the plate, and they, they took advantage. Arizona took advantage of it. Yeah, I think I think it's a good point. The fastball velocity was only ninety point nine miles per hour last night for Matt Strom, and he mm-hmm. threw it much more than any other pitch. So really relied on that fastball and wasn't fooling anyone with it. Exactly. So the stats that you're giving, Frank, where do you find this? So people that are listening can know exactly where to look for swinging strikes and miles per hour and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, baseballsavant.com. Uh, once you get to their homepage, if you so basically just see like the matchups up top, um, and then you can change the date. So you just change it to yesterday and. You click on uh, you click on one of the games, and then you can uh, let's see here. So you click on a game, and then you it says game exit velocity. You click on that drop down, and then you go to home pitcher or away pitcher, and it shows you what well, pitches they, they used, how often they threw it, uh, what the velocity was, how many swinging strikes they got on those. So mm-hmm. yeah, lots of different things that you could do here. But that's I mean that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you could do on this website. I mean they have all Statcast. Data, uh, how hard people are hitting the ball, what their uh, what their sprint speed is. It, this is a lot of what I was using uh, throughout my draft prep as well. It's it's been very useful, Greg. Baseballsavant.com. Sorry for interrupting you. Continue. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I, I was really interested in, in Merrill Kelly, and he was really cruising along in this game uh, into the sixth inning, and then serves up a two-run homer to Fernando Tatis Jr. Tatis's first home run of his career, obviously. But you know, I was I was decently impressed with Merrill Kelly. It uh, doesn't blow people away, 91.4 miles per hour uh, average velocity on the fastball. But another one, uh, yesterday I forgot who we were talking about that had, had a, a large variance in terms of their, their fastball velocity. Mm-hmm. His min fastball was 88. His max was eight, uh, 95. <laughs> so he had a 7 miles per hour difference in just his fastball velocity. Yeah. Uh, and he threw five different pitches at least nine times last night. So, hey, he has a diverse pitching arsenal. Only had eight swinging strikes, but... Uh, you know, it's easy to compare him to Miles Mikolas because they both came from Korea, but I wouldn't expect huge strikeouts. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has a five-pitch arsenal that he can use, Greg, and keep hitters off balance, maybe we can rely on this guy for quality starts. He gave you one last night. Uh, just I wouldn't expect a ton of strikeouts. Yeah, I think he's just trying to work out what pitches he likes the best, though, early in the season. Sure he is. That's why he's throwing so many of the other pitches so much. Uh, and he'll find, you know, two or three that he could be a go-to. Frank, are you concerned about Matt Strom going forward? Um, not really. Look, it's only one start. I still think that he has upside. He flashed some of that during the spring. Uh, but maybe he's a little bit more volatile than we were expecting coming into the season. Like, this is a reminder that, all right, maybe he'll give you some good starts here and there. Mm-hmm. He's also uh, prone to giving you a few bunkers. Remember, this guy has been pitching out of the pen for the past couple of years, yeah. and now he's being stretched out to be a starting pitcher once again. Originally, when he was in the minors, he was a starting pitcher. Converted to the bullpen, and now he's converting back to a starting pitcher. So mm-hmm. maybe it takes a little bit of time, and you know, shaking off some jitters last night, getting back into the rotation. The, the velocity does worry me, though. Yeah, I still, I still think that he ha- he has some upside. Yeah, yeah. I, I like honestly, I, I really like Frankie Montas, and I would honestly drop Strom for Montas. I would do something like that. Maybe I'm crazy, but I what I saw from Montas. I don't, Montas, I, I, I don't so think it's crazy. You don't think that's crazy? I, I, I think it's a fair, it's a fair point to bring up. I like yeah. Montas a lot. Too. A lot, yeah. From what I saw of him pitching, he looks just you do that? lights out. Tough because I don't want to overreact too quickly, and I, still, I know I still think that Strom has upside, right? But like, it's a difference of really going like, to dump him after just one start. You like Frankie Montas too? I do he's got upside? The thing is, you didn't pay for Strom, right? Right. So 
You're dropping him, you know, you're going to probably drop him eventually anyway if he's not doing well, right? You're not being paid for him. And Montas, look, he's throwing 95, 96 compared to this guy throwing 90. His secondary pitch, Montas, was lights out. It was a, a splitter that was 84 miles per hour. He was just dropping off the table. He couldn't touch. Ben's he was kicking, fooling people like crazy. That's just kicking Strom to the curb. Yeah, I mean, listen, Strom just looked like a guy throwing fastballs over the middle of the plate. I mean, he didn't really do much to, to excite me. You know, there was nothing special about his repertoire or anything. And, I, you know, I was excited to see him pitch, but it kind of put a damper on things. And Montas just looks great. Like, this is a guy at the back end of my rotation in fantasy teams. I'm ready to drop him for a Montas. It's not a big deal, I don't think. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it could be a big difference in helping your squad. Hard to argue that. Hard to argue. So and I like Montas so a lot, me. too. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm going to do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for Arizona, Christian Walker, who we talked about yesterday, continues to hit uh, for this Arizona team. Two for four yesterday. David Peralta has also been hot. We haven't talked about him all that much. Uh, three for five yesterday. Adam Jones, uh, Venture mentioned, had the leadoff homer. As Kettle Marte also went three for five yesterday. And Marte stole his second base of the year. Kettle Marte, a guy certainly to look at. We liked, we liked, we got off of, we got back on. Kettle Marte certainly a guy you don't want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. When we come back, a couple of other pitching performances last night that stood out to us, including Aaron Brooks, yeah. who now plays baseball, evidently after playing basketball and football, <laughs> now plays baseball. Also getting to Sean Newcomb here a little bit. And on well, the last 20 minutes, we'll hit on anybody that we missed that you need to know about from last night. Fantasy best friends are going to break down, breaking down everything you need to know in fantasy baseball. Wraps up right after this. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Make it rain. I'm buying the Tampa Bay Rays, even with 19 games against the Yankees. And by the way, they beat the crap out of the Yankees last year in the second half. So it wasn't as if the Tampa Bay Rays, the Yankees were going, come on, Rays. Yeah, let's. Uh, this is going to be an easy weekend. They're not an easy out. And I think anybody that goes into a series with them thinking that it's just going to be the Rays, I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. Your story. Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. I hate watching guys get taken out when they have a no-hitter. He threw 82 pitches. It's once in a lifetime, dude. Like, if you're mowing them down and you're through six innings and 82 pitches, give the guy a chance. I hate the over-micromanaging of everything. Oh, we got to manage his pitchers and hitters. The guy's got a no-hitter going. Let him throw a no-hitter. There's no question that analytics has taken over the game in more ways than one. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. With Major League Baseball season now in full swing, it's time to swing for the fences. Playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com. Become their eighth million dollar winner. 
or another one of the countless number of people who have won hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dollars using DailyRotor.com. You, they will help you set your DraftKings and FanDuel MLB lineups. And if you're playing MLB DFS and you're not using DailyRotor.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount, and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of lineup optimizers that have already produced millions in DFS winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. DailyRoto.com. Promo code is F-N-T-S-Y. Okay. I mentioned Aaron Brooks heading to break, and Aaron Brooks, all he did was shut out the Red Sox. Six innings, two hits, one walk. He struck out six through 86 pitches, did his job. Pitched much better than the man across from him did in David Price, who went six innings, five hits, four runs, walked two, struck out nine, though. What can you tell me, Frank Staffel, about both Aaron Brooks and David Price? Yeah, I'll start off with Aaron Brooks because I was looking into him last night, seeing this pitching performance. I think uh, legitimate World Series hangover here for the Boston Red Sox, starting with the starting pitching and kind of leaking over to the uh, to the lineup. Yeah, the lineup, you know, they did a few things during the Seattle Mariners series, but shut out last night uh, against uh, against Aaron Brooks. And look, there's not much uh, there's not much to say about this guy. Last year, three point three five ERA in AAA at the PCL. Sure, that's fine, but seventy four strikeouts in ninety nine and a third innings pitched. To, he's twenty eight years old. He's kind of like a journeyman prospect, a quad A player. He has six hundred ninety six minor league strikeouts in his career. Nine hundred and twelve and a third innings pitched. Uh, pitches to a lot of contact. That's why I thought it was uh, it was pretty surprising to see what he did last night uh, mm-hmm. against the uh, against the Boston Red Sox. On the other side, uh, David Price gets a lot of whiffs, uh, gets the strikeouts last night, nine strikeouts, but uh, serves up a few meatballs. Chris Davis, red hot to start the year again, uh, takes him deep as well. So four earned runs for for David Price, uh, but gets the strikeouts. Uh, really surprised by this Aaron Brooks performance. Not really someone I'm looking at. I watched some of uh, Brooks last night against the Red Sox. He looked good, I mean, considering that nobody really knows where he came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he, he had the intensity. He had the presence. He looked like a vet on the mound, the way he was throwing. He was hitting his spots and everything. Uh, I wouldn't, obviously, jump on him and pick him up or anything just because he pitched a gem versus the Red Sox. But I think it's somebody you could just keep an eye on because, listen, Oakland pitchers tend to do well. Uh I don't know if this because he's not a big prospect. I don't know if this is going to turn out good for him. But the way he pitched yesterday, he looked pretty decent, uh, especially against some good batters. He made some of them look foolish. So uh, I'm a little interested just by watching him from yesterday. He had at least two swinging strikes on four different pitches. Though. That's pretty good. So he threw a four seamer, a two seamer. He had to change up a slider and a curveball working. And he had 11 total swinging strikes out of 86 pitches, uh, which is. More than we're used to seeing at the minor league level for him. You know, I read you his strikeout numbers, and they yep. weren't good, but mm-hmm. uh, the strikeout numbers were a lot better yesterday. So um, maybe in the David Hess category, kind of like put him in the back of your mind, like yeah. way in the back of your mind. Yeah, watch sure list. that he's there. Whatever, yeah. If you Way back there. Let's see two more starts. <laughs> let's see two more starts. Yeah. Because no one's going to pick this guy up anyway. Oh, so, maybe A only they might. Maybe. Any, anything they shouldn't A only. Yeah. He should be owned just because he has a job. So. Yeah. And he did very well last night. He, I mean, he did really well last night. Aaron Brooks, not really a prospect, 28 years yeah. old, will be 29 at the end of April. David Price on the other side pitched actually better than his line believes, right, Frank? 
Uh, yeah, he had the nine strikeouts. Uh, he, had a, he had a decent amount of whiffs last night. I believe he had 13 swinging strikes. Yeah, 13 swinging strikes against the A's. Uh, the A's are going to be prone to swinging and missing a little bit here and there. Uh, but they have big power, and they showed it last night. They hit three home runs off of him. Uh, but overall, I thought it was it was a decent performance from David Price. So he was dealing with an illness coming into the season. Uh, some people were worried about putting him in their lineup. Uh, you, you hoped for better, but I think it could have been worse. I like seeing the strikeouts from him. Bombs were away last night in Oakland against Price and the Red Sox. As Chris Davis is already up to five home runs on the year. Unbelievably hot. Machine Davis up, right is where he left year. off. Is he hitting 247? 263. <laughs> All right. I feel like every one of his hits are home runs. He hits one home run every game. Let me see. It's close. What comes close I think he has it. six hits and five of them are homers. He's got one, two, three, seven hits, four, five, five, five seven hits. Yeah, five are homers. Exactly. Um, don't hinder the Chad Pinder. He finally picked up a couple of hits. He was desperate. Oh, man. <laughs> Sucks for Chad Pinder that they, they make this move for uh, Kendrick Morales. But you know what? Morales wasn't even starting yesterday. It was Mark Hanna again. Uh, but Chad Pinder playing in left field against a left-handed pitcher. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's what he's going to do. He's going uh, to play against left-handed pitching. He hit the home run off David Price yesterday. Yeah, again, this is an AL-only, deeper, mixed-league option. Uh, if he had the opportunity to play every day, then I'd be a little bit more intrigued. But I don't know that that's going to be there. For the time being. Ramon yeah. Laureano finally had a home run, Frank. Shook out these other three at-bats. <laughs> I don't have any shares of Ramon Laureano, Greg. I'm happy that you keep bringing him up, though. I will continue to do so. Uh, Matt <laughs> so, Chapman. Omar Flores only went well, like, one for four last night and didn't really do much else either. So, Just But he out. will. Here we go. Flores one for five, actually, Laureano. Greg, and he's hitting 200. He left three batters on base. That's more. That's higher average than Ramon Laureano. With a 533 OPS. Uh, again, <laughs> higher than Ramon Laureano. Well, guess what? Ramon Laureano has more home runs and RBIs yeah. than Wilmer Flores, Greg. Oh, man. It's all right. It's a long season. <laughs> Matt Chapman, another home run last night. Uh, betting 412 on the year. Second home run of the year uh, for Matt Chapman. In Atlanta last night, it was Sean Newcomb pitching really well against the Cubs, winning 8 to nothing. Newcomb, Newcomb, four innings, six hits. Really well, Greg? All right, well, he didn't have any runs. Yeah. Uh, four walks, six hits. Ten hits and walks combined in four innings. All right, he pitched not that not great. Not that great. Not great. <laughs> Not that great. Not that great. Not that great. It was better. You know, you know who else was not that great last night? And I hope you're listening, Michael Florio. Maybe you want to call in again from your from your bathroom stall where you called in last time. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks. Sucks. Right? Seven runs. Only two of them earned. Great. Uh, you know why? Because the Cubs had six errors. That's oh, what happens when yeah. you have David Bodie playing second base, who's normally a third, third baseman. baseman. Yeah. Uh, when you have Gunis in, in outfield. Guess what? Kyle Hendricks was really good a couple of years ago, and all their starting pitchers were really good and outpitched their peripherals because their defense was amazing. The defense did not look good yesterday, yeah. Six errors? The, that that to, outfield to be fair, the pop-up. To be a fair, lot of teams four, are punting defense right now. Four of the errors were by players you haven't mentioned. Anthony Rizzo, Javier Baez, and Chris Bryant. We'll make that very clear. Which normally we expect better out of those guys. Yeah, Rizzo's was uh, slot, like it would never happen again. He literally just fumbled the ball. Ground ball to him, but fumbled this is what, it. Like, Kyle Hendricks doesn't miss a lot of bats, Greg. And if defense is not as elite as it normally has been in years past, then he's going to be prone to some blow-up games. Kyle Hendricks is not good. Oh, I hate Kyle Hendricks, man. I'm I wouldn't smiling. say not good. He's all right for points, <laughs> leagues, whatever. I owned him last year. It's so frustrating. It's annoying. He's not good. He's to very boring. Pitch, I own so him, too. Boring. It's very frustrating. Six mile per hour fastball. Yeah. He could get shelled. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. But he could also pitch a, a nice little quality stuff for you, too. A nice little quality stuff. <laughs> and they also want, and <laughs> the thing is, that's his ceiling. His ceiling is a quality start. Yeah. He's not going to go six with innings, seven one run. innings. Six innings, one run. You know? He's not going to do that. 
So, uh, Arodis Viscaeno pitched the ninth in a eight nothing game. It was his first appearance of the year, so they wanted to get him some action. Clearly, um, I, I got to see this. Kyle Hendricks last night. Would you like to guess his average fastball velocity? From Eighty-eight. It was 86 miles per hour. His max fastball was 87.9. His team, wow. His team just gave Can't him even an, touch 88. His team just gave him an extension. I mean, this is who he is, though. He threw the sinker 40 times, changed up 27, and his four seam 21. He threw a fastball, or two different iterations of a fastball, 61 times last night out of 95 pitches, and then threw a changeup 27 times. He should He's probably, a fastball changeup pitcher. That's, yeah. that's all he is. He should probably throw a changeup a lot more. He threw six curveballs last Two more games to get to before we wrap up, and we'll go to the Mariners and the Angels. Mariners win 6-3, and the reason I go here is not because Felix Hernandez went 5-3 and a third, allowed just one earned run, but it's who came in to close the game, and that was Rowenis Elias picking up the save here. Mm-hmm. This is a mess. I don't really know what to say other than it's a mess. Who wants to walk with Ronis Elias, Greg? Picked up the save here. No hits. No walks, no strikeouts. But I think that was be- because Co- Corey Gear had been used the day before. So a lot it, of these guys had been used over the weekend. So it's true, and you could say all of those things. Anthony Swarzak expected to return today. tonight, but Elias got the job done. He did, and but that matters. He's a lefty, and who he's do you want to own? Him in and Nobody. He's not really. I don't good. own anybody. Right. In deeper leagues, I've taken stabs at Anthony Swarzak. If he returns, I want to see if okay. The next two, three save opportunities. Who do they go to? If it's not him, then I'll. Be willing to cut bait with him. I just wanted to take a little stab here because they included him in the trade with the uh, with the with the Mets. Mm-hmm. And two years ago, he had a profile of someone that looked like a closer. Mm-hmm. A lot of swings and misses. He got a lot of strikeouts. He limited the walks. Uh, he wasn't as good last year, admittedly. So I'm just taking a little stab on Swarzak and, and see what happens here. Uh, Chasen Bradford, his name? Chasen. Chasen Bradford. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, he picked up a save over the weekend, and he pitched, hey, Chasen, he pitched in the. Sixth last night. Yeah. That's why, I'm not, doing, that's why I'm not doing this thing. Yeah. Um, for the Seattle Mariners, D. Gordon stole his fourth base of the year in this oh, one. Man. Mitch Hanniger stole his first. And Malik Smith, we want to mention, Frank, Malik Smith stole his second base of the year uh, in this game. Yesterday on the FanDuel hurry-up, Davis Maddock guaranteed he would hit a home run or steal a base in this game, and he did. Malik Smith leading off here um, for the Mariners. I know you were very hot on him early, then got off. He's hitting well, though. Alex Smith off to a nice start this year. I was worried about the elbow injury. We didn't see him at all really during spring training. We didn't see him during the Japan series, but he's back, and they basically handed him the leadoff hitter role. Uh, They like what they're doing with uh, D. Gordon at the bottom of the lineup. It's going to limit some of D. Gordon's upside, obviously, in terms of uh, plate appearances, but having that 9-1 combination, um, that's one of the the fastest in baseball up there with guys like like Victor Robles and and Adam Eaton and, and, and Billy Hamilton. Uh, with the Royals as well, but yeah, a lot of speed here at the nine-one combination for Malik Smith and D. Gordon. They're, they're both off to great starts. Yeah, this whole Mariners team is off. The whole lineup. Starts. Yeah, really. Jay Bruce, Matt, Mitch Haniger steals a base last night as well. Um, you know, he's batting three hundred already. Domingo Santana, we've talked about him. Jay Bruce hits another home, another run. home run, and you get you, you got him for free. Start, yeah, you got Bruce for free. He's batting fourth, hitting homers right now for the for the Mariners who are six and one. Or, and this yeah. is all without Encarnacion really doing anything yet. So yeah. Once he gets going, it's so crazy to imagine. Who would have thought, right? Right. The Oreos are three and one. The Mariners lineup looks great. They're six and one. What? <laughs> it is early. What's going on in baseball? It is early. Uh, but Seattle, listen, Seattle's lineup ain't that bad, even on paper. Like, and that's what before I said coming into the yeah. year. Remember that, Craig? It's right. It's really not that bad. Everyone's devaluing the Mariners yeah. players, and I didn't think their lineup was that bad. It's not. It's not. And, very yeah. sneaky lineup. 
The way that it's put together. Right. It's a well-constructed lineup. You got Hannah Grace, Santana. You got, you know, Encarnacion and Bruce. I mean, there's depth here. When the lineup turns over, too, Mitch Hanniger is basically their three-hitter. Because they have D. Gordon, Malik Smith, and then they have Mitch Hanniger. And then they still have Domingo Santana, who's now moved up, and he's batting third in the lineup. And Beckham's still hot if he's... Encarnacion like isn't doing anything yet, and they're still performing well. The catcher, Omar Navarro, yeah. I mean, like that guy showing power and hitting well. Uh, Beckham, still hot. I like this. Still team. doing his thing. This team's not bad right now. I mean, let's see. I, I always feel like Seattle goes into a lull at some point in the season. Uh, I would expect that it might happen again this year. But they, they didn't do a bad job in the offseason making this lineup viable. One more game to get to here, and that... <laughs> Is where it was. It was Cincinnati Reds and the Milwaukee Brewers. Reds fell four to three to the Brewers. Josh Hader picks up a save, treated as a traditional closer in this one, pitching the ninth inning, coming on, allowing a hit, and then striking out a guy. Zach Davies, five innings, four hits, two runs, walked four, struck out six. Tanner Roark, four to third, six hits, three runs, three walks, and six strikeouts. What do you know? Christian Yelich didn't hit another home run here, Greggy. Uh, the streak I didn't, I didn't is over. Possible. Streak is over. Good to see Jesus Aguilar get on the board. He's off to a slow start, only batting 188. Small sample, but you know, drives in two last night. So we got to get Jesus Aguilar going here in the Milwaukee Brewers lineup. Tanner Roark was not great. Obviously, he allowed three earned runs with three walks in four and a third. But he did have six strikeouts, and he did have 13 swinging strikes. He's a guy who interested me a little bit in the spring training. I don't own him anywhere, and I don't think he's worth adding, but I would just keep my eye on Tanner Roark based on getting 13 streamer. strikes last night. against the Could be a good streamer. Stream options. Use them against the, uh, the Marlins or the Giants or something. Yeah. And Braun, uh, then two, again, you two, use everyone against those teams. Brian Braun, two for five last night. And Braun smoked. Good start too, yeah, yeah Bra- Braun smoked a couple of balls. One off the wall. Like, My big takeaway is, good. What, is what we had. We said it yesterday, Frank. We kind of revealed these lineups. No what? winker, man. No winker. Against a soft-tossing no right-handed pitcher in Zach Davies. I don't get it. No winker again because Matt Kemp is so much better, right? Because Matt Kemp is off to an 0-7 start on the season with... Dude, or strikeout. And he's terrible in the outfield. So bad. That so the, bad. He needs to be a DH. Jesus Aguilar needs to be a DH. Jesus Aguilar's hit was not a good hit. He kind of reached out and pulled it, you know, oh. on a slow pitch, on a curveball yeah. or something. And it dropped right in front of Kemp. Like, Kemp had plenty of time to get there. He's just so slow at this point and just not able to get there. Like, the ball dropped right in front of him. Didn't even dive. One of the reasons, this is one of the reasons I was concerned a bit about the Reds outfield. Obviously, Puig's played every day if it was his first hit last night. He's got to get going, um, too. But, Off to a slow but, but Kemp and, and, and Shevler and Winker and Senzel, if he was healthy, like, this is going to be a major issue in the, in the Reds outfield where there's just been no consistency uh, for manager David Bell. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. I wish we could just say, oh, Jesse Winker's at least playing every day against right-handed pitching, but we can't say that as of now. So we'll see what happens here. I have one share of Jesse Winker. Yeah. I was a little bit worried about it as well. That's why I didn't go You're holding all in on him. I think he's talented, though. You're if holding, you, right? If you look at uh, – I'm holding Winker. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you look at his profile and what he's been, he's kind of a, mi- a mini Joey Votto. He has a lot of line drives. Doesn't K. Plate discipline. Uh, he walks a lot. Makes a lot of contact, so mm-hmm. there's a lot to like with Winker. And we talk about draft skills and then figure it out later on. Well, you kind of want to see those skills get an opportunity here in the yeah. lineup. Yeah, right now you got to hold on the bench. That's it. With just a couple of minutes left, I do want to reveal uh, some of the lineups for tonight. And I want to start Tampa Bay where it's really interesting because Austin Meadows has the night off. You know who's leading off? Andy Diaz. Oh. Andy Diaz. Yeah, he wow. let off over the weekend once as Did well. Did he? Against and left-handed pitching. And it then, looks like that's going to be the regular. One five. I, right? I missed that one. I uh, think this is just a day off for Austin Meadows. Okay. He played the other day against Lefty and Wade Miley and hit a home run off of him. It's Yandy Diaz, Tommy Pham, Dan Robertson, um, 
There's no Brandon Lau here either. Avisael Garcia cleaning up. Uh, Mike Zanino, fifth. Guillermo Herrera at sixth. Willie Davis, seventh. Kevin Kiermaier still uh, batting eighth. Lefty, lefty. Blake Snell taking on Kyle Freeland. Uh, also, both lineups are out in the Twins-Royals matchup between Brad Keller and Jose Berrios. Uh, Whit Merrifield, Adabelt Mondesi, Alex Gordon, Jorge Soler, Ryan O'Hare is in there. Uh, Chris Owen, Hunter Dozier, Martin Maldonado, Billy Hamilton for the Royals, for the Twinkies, Max Kepla, Jorge Polanco, Nelson Cruz, Eddie Rosario, CJ Chrome, Marwin Gonzalez, uh, Jonathan Scope, Jason Castro, Byron Buxton, batting ninth. Yep. yep. Uh, one thing from SA2, Herman pitched really well. Yeah, Got himself out of tough spots. Oh, you did? Okay. No, yeah, whatever you want to say on him, whatever you have. Because uh, I figured we haven't mentioned it. Um, I think it's a good guy to have now, you know, right now with Severino out until he comes back. He might even, you know, earn himself uh, as a mainstay in the rotation. I, don't, I doubt it, but because the rotation is just so solid overall. Herman, he's not going anywhere. In the rotation. When Severino comes back? He'll stay in the rotation. I hope so. I hope you're right, Maybe yeah. though? I hope he does. Well, because CeCe has to get healthy as well. Yeah. But I think if Severino and CC are healthy, he might be out of the If league. they're both healthy, he'll be out. But he'll be using that sixth starter and spot starter. CC's going to need plenty of rest. Herman's a good guy to pick up, I think, right now. I'd like like have him around. or the Marlins guys? Uh, I think him. I take the Marlins. I take the Marlins guys also, but I like Domingo. I Armand. like him too, though. I do. I said that before. Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Fun show today. Oh, yeah. For Chris mm-hmm. Ventura and Frank Stanfield, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for, for listening and watching the Fantasy BFFs. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope.